What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the 5050 Network Podcast. Today, we're talking movies. More specifically, one near and dear to our hearts, Mortal Kombat. Brian, take it away. Okay, so going into the film, I had low to mediocre expectations. That's kind of where I go in with movies uh, based on video games. And, uh, the, I mean... As per expected, the critics uh, were kind of bitch-slapping it back and forth, and people who actually wanted to see the film were given a good reviews because they said it was, oh, it was great, it's better than the the cult classic, blah, blah, blah. And we had the luxury of going to the IMAX theater at CityWalk, so we got the best possible experience to watch the movie, and... When it ended, my immediate response was, it was fine. I don't get why anyone was truly upset about it. It's It was entertaining. It had a lot of fan service, maybe a little too much. But <laughs> if you're going, it's kind of in the same realm of King Kong and Godzilla. If you just ignore the general idea of what is going on and just go there and appreciate uh all the action that's going on and all the entertainment value then it was fine you're gonna have a great time and overall i enjoyed it and i would probably watch it again yeah i i had low expectations for it too um i was a little i was i was very excited i got more and more excited for this than i did um godzilla versus kong I don't know why. Maybe it's because Mortal Kombat was more of a part of my life than Godzilla or Kong ever was. But um, I definitely put it up there with uh, um, the better um, comic book movies. Uh, I think we talked about when it was when it was all said and done. We left the theater. I think. And I still feel this way. I think it's up there. It's a little bit under Tomb Raider, the the most recent one with um, Alicia Vikander, uh, in terms of um, video game adaptations. And for those who have not seen Tomb Raider, that that came out what three years ago, twenty eighteen. Yes, I believe yeah, so. It came, it came and went pretty quick because you know mainstream's not really going to pick up on Tomb Raider all that much. But it was that was a good movie. That that's still probably the best uh, video game movie that we've had. Granted, we're, it's not really got a whole bunch to to c- compete against. But no, that was a very good overall film. And yeah, I would say Mortal Kombat is like just once just a step below it. Uh, just because they did, there were parts that were a little excessive. I mean, that's kind of the appeal of Mortal Kombat, though. It's The point is to be excessive, and it certainly had those scenes. Um, uh, see, I mean, I mean, spoiler alert. I, I mean, if you're, if you're this far, then whatever. But there, uh, <laughs> there was the scene. Well, uh, what's his name? I'm, I'm bad at I, I don't have the games. I'm, spoiler I'm gonna, alert. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm bad at the names and the characters. But he threw his fucking hat and saw that bitch in half. Um, there's, there's taking it too far. And then there was just enough. And I thought it was just enough until he said flawless victory. I'm just like, okay, 
All right, dude. Uh, <laughs> maybe just. I mean, we did the fist bump there because that was like that was like the the first moment. Just like yeah, that that's it. They find they went through with one of the <laughs> with one of the executions, but the fatalities. But um, I don't know if I was a big fan of the punchline. But no, they definitely gave plenty of fan service in the movie, and uh, I'm happy they uh, they actually went through with it because I could have seen them not do it or try to be original with it. It's just like nah, dude, just you know what the people here are here to see just go ahead and do it smash somebody's face in cut them in half whatever go for it and yeah. they did it yeah uh i agree with the fan service i also had a, some issue with um some of the editing um there was a couple times where there was music plastered over things that i think could have used no music much like uh kung lao's intro um i don't see why you need to blast music over him introducing himself but um we discussed that too because we we were just like um because you're like having your old dramatic entrance there it's like oh this guy's important but anybody who knows who the character is is already gonna know uh his importance to it so and anyone who doesn't know who he is and is like oh this guy's important because they played the music at the same time it's like nah dude just we we get it You, uh, uh you know you know who your audience is yeah, um, I do believe in a in a video game franchise like that. I think that and like they ever did a Mario game or a Pokemon game or a, uh, maybe the hardcore games like Last of Us or Uncharted. I don't think you need to do Halo. I don't think you would have to introduce main characters. Then again, you know some of those games have minor characters, and Mortal Kombat it's kind of like six or seven at a time. Um, but I did th- that intro of Kung Lao kind of threw me off. Cause I, he was the probably on the top of my list of characters that I wanted to see in this movie. Um, I mean, I didn't hate it. It wasn't terrible, but a- as for the, his fatality, I do have to say one thing. If you would have told me, Hey, they're going to make a mortal Kombat movie. And you're going to tell me this a couple years ago. And they're gonna put Kung Lao's buzzsaw fatality in it. I probably would have told you you're crazy. Um, I like I told you before we started recording this. I watched it like I don't know four or five times since then. Um, every time I see it, I still can't believe they did it. It's still unbelievable. Uh, his flawless victory comment after. Um. Yeah, I could. It's a little much. I, I'm always of the thought that you shouldn't be tough talking a dead man, it's, or it's very easy to tough talk a dead man, or in this case, woman or demon, whatever you want to call her. Um, but I did love seeing it. I still can't believe I saw it. I mean, I used to. I remember when Mortal Kombat Nine came out, and I mean, that's the only fatality I would do consistently, all the time, always. Now you said that he was uh, Kung Lao was the character that you wanted to see most. I think one character that most people are gonna see uh, would have at the top of the list would be Goro. How do you think they did him? Um, I thought, I they, thought they did him pretty damn good. They they played the character uh, exactly as he's portrayed, or they portrayed the character exactly as he's portrayed. Right. Um, 
I honestly think that Goro, every single character that was in this movie that was in the first one, I think was an upgrade. Um, the the only one I would say that wasn't would be maybe Shang Tsung. And, and I have a little bit of an issue with Raiden too, which we'll get into, but I thought they did fine with Goro. I mean, um, I mean, like, you can't really mess up Goro all too much unless you really want to. the The first movie had him like a, it was like an elect a robotic top. I think if they to... try to give him like speaking lines and stuff, and it's like. Um, per, uh, try to do anything as this just brute force, uh, monstrosity that is, uh, goes out to uh rip things in half. Then probably I can see somebody making that poor decision. But no, I th- I I think they did just fine with him in terms of yeah. That. I think that it's definitely an upgrade. I think they did great. Um, it, it definitely was cool to see him and everything. I mean, every it was cool to see everybody in it. You know, Cabal. Molina, um, I didn't give a, uh, I didn't give a rat's ass about Reiko at all. Um, <laughs> I think they Natara, did. Uh, go ahead, keep going. Natara, uh, uh, I didn't. Need, I don't even know if she's a character. I'm gonna have to watch that list on IGN of, of all the characters because Natara flew way over my head. Um. Uh, uh, yeah, I think they did Scorpion and Sub Zero pretty damn good. They uh stole a show in every single scene they were in. Who did you think stole stole every scene? Uh, Sub Zero and Scorpion. Yeah, you know I, got, I have to. I I gotta be honest. I didn't like keeping Sub Zero kind of quiet for the majority of the movie. Um, it wasn't the best story, but it was original. So I will give them that. Um, I do believe Sub Zero and Scorpion deserved a little more of a of a build up than that, um, and I think Sub Zero surviving might have been um, a better lead into another movie. But then again, uh, Bihan does not have a long life expectancy in these games or stories in general. Um, I think Sub Zero was the MVP of that entire movie. Um, they, uh, they put him all over the trailer. Yeah, they littered the trailer. Um, Joe Taslam, I'm not too familiar with him, but you pet your ass, I'm going to get familiar with him quick, playing my favorite character in all of Mortal Kombat lore. Um, he did fantastic. I mean, the fight, the fights, his fight scenes were great. His mannerisms, his, his the dialogue fit. I mean, I, I got kind of I got some chills when you know he walks up to Shang Tsung and he says, "I'm gonna send you to Earth Realm to execute uh, Earth's heroes or Earth's champions." And he says, "You know, I'm no longer Bihan. I'm Sub Zero." Um. And the reason I think why that hit me so hard, some people are going to listen to this and say that was in the trailer. Um, 
it was executed differently in the movie than the trailer. In the trailer, he's he's in that in the third act, wherever the third act, that fighting gym or whatever. And um, I mean, it could have easily have been the audio could have been pasted over it, but it was different audio too. So I think this one actually was much better. Um, Sub-Zero was definitely the MVP of this movie, though. He definitely got the best effects. Like, the effects uh, of all the ice and just how they had, it, uh, they just had it come about. Like, that was just so well done. That was crazy convincing. And uh, that was definitely probably the most memorable scenes, just seeing the effects uh, of Sub-Zero just coming around and just turning every place into his own little, uh, his own little igloo. And turning everything into just shards of ice, and no, there was it was it were, there were really cool effects, and I'm uh, that was definitely one of the highlights for me, uh, no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, going back to Goro, I think making him CG was the right choice. I didn't see any glaring mistakes in the CG, which was which was my fear. Um, when I realized he was in the movie. So I'm actually very happy with him overall. Yeah, very very convincing. It's, this... We've definitely seen our our, good, uh, our fair share of really bad CGI. And uh, that if they did him poorly, that probably would have killed it. Right. But no, they, they came in clutch with that. There and was he's... no... Go on. No, no, you go ahead. There was no point in which, like, the CG didn't do it for me. I mean, it relied heavily on it, but it wasn't like those movies where it was so incredibly reliant on it that it just kind of felt funky, so that was nice. Like, it genuinely felt better not being complete CGI, and it benefited that it wasn't CGI when it comes to the fights, too. I mean, it really worked just having them actually kind of like have a stunt coordinator, have stage fights, even though everybody's got, you know, an ability of some kind, they're able to work it in so it's not like over the top, just like dumb. You know, uh, I remember Sub-Zero showed up to Raiden's temple and started a tuss uh, a tussle up with Liu Kang spoiler alert, and they both use their powers like right off the bat and it kind of everything felt fluid like it was worked in great they set it up great they edited it the editing team did a fantastic job of putting it all together as well I love the fights in this one do you, th- do you think the pacing was okay? The pacing like, in the first the first act of it was complete and utter crap. Um, there was way too much explaining for what's going on. Um, there was not enough investment into the main character uh cole young um who spoiler alert we find out is an ascendant of hanzo asashi 
aka Scorpion. Um, there was just way too much explaining for a movie that when we, we talked about it when we were leaving, you don't need to explain a whole lot in terms of characters unless it's a new character like Cole Young, but you do need to explain why they're doing what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like cut out all the, you know, I'm Sonya blade. I'm, I'm special forces. I'm Jax. I'm special forces. I'm, you know, name I'm Kano leader of the black Jack. Like everybody knows who everyone is. Anyone that sees it, that's not, nobody's going to go see this. That's not a fan of Mortal Kombat or is getting dragged by somebody that is a fan of Mortal Kombat. And yeah, because um, there, there's I, a, there's a lot of already built established backstory to the characters that you're not right. going to be able to get, uh, in a movie, in a movie this size, like you, you're right. just throwing in a dozen characters in, uh, into the first movie. You can't this, uh, ex- you're never going to be able to explain all those characters and why they're important. And it's, and it's kind of kind of movie. You need to like build it up over the course of like a whole TV series or two to three movies. So, and if this is, I mean, as they left it open enough where they can go with sequels, but at the same time, if it was, this was the only one that they make, then it was they closed it up. They closed up the story just fine. And yeah, you didn't really need. You don't really need to jump into it. If you do, you would have to plan this out a whole lot more. But uh, it's almost like they kind of half-assed it, and then but then, yeah, at, the, and then I, at the end they also they kind of almost rushed it towards the end because they had the they had their first scuffle, and then um and then Cole Young found got uh, got his power, and then they just like immediately one aided, and uh, and then just wiped, and I yeah mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't want to nitpick plot holes, uh, or or la- laziness in the uh, in the plot, but there was definitely that moment of, okay, they they uh they just want to get to the final act here and just uh, get on with the fight scenes. So it's kind of like I had the same same criticism with Man of Steel when it first came out. The first half of the movie was super fucking slow, and then and then it hit a certain point and they just slipped a switch and it was just utter chaos for the the rest of the entire movie. And Mortal Kombat kind of had that moment uh, there also. And, uh, I mean, I get it. And that's kind of why the critics are going to shit on it. Because there it's there, this, this understanding that you don't need to build out a movie like this to be, to try and win Best Picture. Because it's never going to, it's never going to get nominated for stuff like that. So just appeal to your audience. You know who your audience is going to be. Yeah, um... I, I agree. You don't need to do so much um, explaining or origin stories um, for like your Superman, your Batman, or whatnot. I mean, if you look at if you look at it, the last two Spider-Man movies, never touch on what happened to Uncle Ben. We all know what happened. We don't need six movies of Uncle Ben dying before we get the point. Um. But I definitely felt like the first part of this movie felt a little forced, and then halfway through it kind of it kind of picked up and found its footing, which was the important thing. I think if you're, you know, I think there's three acts, and I think by the second act, if you haven't set your footing, no one's gonna give 
a shit about the third. You know, it, it's not going to matter because by that second act, you have to set up the story. You have to, you know, foundation is the first act or whatever, but that second act is when it starts to build. And I mean, in my opinion, actually, the second act is when the action starts and the third act is kind of like going down, but it's different to a lot of people. But, um, I just think they, they should have fleshed out Cole Young. Um, I mean, I'll let you finish your thought if you have one before I go in a rant, uh, about the story. No, I mean, it's kind of going to go into it because we're talking about the pacing, but the runtime of this movie was good. It was, it was, I would say it was probably perfect. Yes. It wasn't, I, I didn't think it dragged and they, uh, it, it was what, like just under two hours. This movie right. needed to not pass the two hour mark. And they were smart about that. If this movie went on two and a half hours or three hours, then I would have been probably thrown a fit. Right. <laughs> so, and that's kind of just like uh, the casual, that's, that's where the pacing becomes a casualty because you know, you can't have a outrageous runtime. And when you're trying to introduce all these characters, you're just not going to get the job the job done as well as you want to. But you um you make your uh, wow. There's a word that I'm forgetting. I suck at words. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> compromise. It's you compromise. You comprom. There it is. You compromise. Where you can. That was the word I was looking for. And, yeah, so pacing struggled, but the runtime was right where it needed to be. Go with your point before I forget how to talk again. Um. Yeah, the, the problem I had was it was an original story, but I don't understand introducing a new character that's related to another one. Just to then shoehorn almost, no, it wasn't shoehorn, but um, force uh, the one of the biggest characters, if not the biggest character in that franchise, into the climax of that movie. Um, I honestly can say they could have taken some leeway and used the video game point of view of like Johnny Cage is actually like. Type of deal. Keep the Earth Champions tattoos thing, and then like Cole Young replaced with Johnny Cage. I just I just don't understand it because then how does Cole Young fit into the second movie other than being cannon fodder and being uh killed off? Like I, I don't see not- Cole Young. No, they're not going to do that. They're going to they're going to if they continue with it, they're going to feel committed to the character. Unless I mean, if they do turn around and kill him, then props. That's the gutsy. But it I mean they'd have to they'd have to set up Johnny Cage pretty fucking good, but Yeah, I so, mean I, I don't know story wise, I'm not too sure where they're going to go from here. Did they confirm that they're making a second one on this or are they just waiting to see how much money it makes? As of this recording on Monday night, uh, after the release weekend or whatnot, nothing's been confirmed, but it has broken the weekend box office 
which isn't saying much in the middle of a pandemic, though it did go against a popular anime movie, uh, Demon Slayer, I think it's called. Um, and anime fans are the most, some of the most diehard ones that I've ever seen. So for it to beat that, I think is pretty huge. Um, I, I honestly see it getting greenlit for a sequel because it wasn't overly bad. No, if you, uh, for the most part, if you want to go see this movie, you're going to enjoy it, and you'll be content walking out of the theater. It's not. Yeah, a, you'll be. It's not a huge piece of shit that's going to kill. That's going to kill things. You be happy with what you got. I am happy with. I mean, I've played every single Mortal Kombat game, other than Mortal Kombat versus DC, but I didn't miss much. Um, I I am happy with it. I grew up with Mortal Kombat. Um. I'm happy with it. Um, I think it had the right characters. Yeah, you kind of had to feel that the feel of some being more expendable than others. But I got to be honest, there was a couple I didn't think would be that expendable. That I guess I was wrong. Um, I think it's set up pretty nice. The fact that it didn't surround a tournament was good. the The fact that it was like leading up to one and it didn't actually happen i think that was great because now if you green light a sequel that's your plot yeah you basically you basically i i came up with this when i was thinking about this point earlier in the day i was thinking of a great like food pun i was like you ate enough you served you saved enough money to buy a steak a good steak the second time around. The first one was okay, but now you know what you're doing and you have the money for a better steak. So the second one, to me, if it was surrounding a tournament, would be fan- would be great. And then I would argue, and I know I'm going to lose some people here, I argue if the second one does well, that you do a third one loosely based on Mortal Kombat 11 because you did have Shinnok's amulet stolen by Kano and not returned. I did not see him return it. And we all know that Shinnok lives within that amulet. Because I know when he took it, I kind of gasped and had this feeling of doom for the rest of the movie thinking something was going to happen with it. No, I'm with you. uh, I I was going to say, I agree with your point that is I think it's a good thing they didn't go with a tournament because that they would there's no way they could have done the a good job they could have done it justice and done it correctly with the uh with the runtime if they're gonna try to fit a whole tournament into that third act there was no way they would have had to cut so many corners story wise and I think it was these I think there were I, I definitely saw some people upset on Twitter that they didn't get the tournament and that's kind of what the whole thing is about but. They teased it just. They teased it enough, and they set it up to be in the sequel. I think that was the smart way to do it, and I I definitely hope that the movie does well enough to the point where we get to see the sequel, because they because because then we can do they can do exactly what we uh we kind of criticize here where they kind of put too much into the 
uh, into the fir- into the first act with all the explaining and stuff, and then sequel comes in. Um, here's a couple. Here's a couple new guys. Here's five or ten minutes on that. Let's just jump right into it now, and we can just get into the good shit. And then you can just have two hours of the good shit, and then that's the movie where we might finally get a great video game movie. Because I'm not gonna call this a great one. It's a good one, and we've had a few good ones, but we have yet to have a great one. And they set up this one where that could be it. Kind of optimistic there, but fingers crossed. Yeah, I do believe that um, um, making this movie and not setting it in the tournament itself was actually a very clutch move. Like, I'm very, like, surprised, but, like, like, like if, kudos for doing if, that. If they Go did ahead. the tournament, what, what would they do for the second movie? Did they do another tournament? Like, how do you do, how do, you, like, do the you whole premise do of the start? You do a Mortal Kombat 11 type deal where it's, like, sometime later and it's new characters, but, like, a different baddie. But... I think that this was the right way to go because you can almost save that for, like I said, a third movie and have the second movie purely the tournament aspect of it. Because if you think about it, uh, other than Kung Lao, you have the big player still. You have Shang Tsung, you have Raiden, um, Liu Kang, Jax, Sonya Blade, Johnny Cage is going to be in it. Like, you still have the main players. And, I mean, Shang Tsung at one point says death is merely another road or something like that. And we do know that Bihan becomes Noob Saibot. I don't know what they would do with Goro. Cabal's fried. Melina's dead, but she's technically on a, a scientific experiment anyway, so I think you could bring her back. And they and they could uh, just half-ass and just bring them back with some lame lame-ass plot hole, but I wouldn't yeah, be surprised if br- they did that too. I would argue that you could bring you the the people you could still bring back are, I mean, you could bring Kung Lao back as a revenant like in the game the games did, and you could also bring back Molina as just she's an experiment, and they keep you know she gets uglier every time or whatever. Um, there's a different there's different ways you can go with it. This, but I would argue you need to toss the the exposition exposition away. You need to toss away all these this explanation because I feel like your second movie does not need a lick of explanation other than fleshing out a character of some kind. Because yeah. you, you now that you've seen this, you know of the tournament. You know who Shang Tsung is. You know Raiden. You know the characters. Like, you know everything. Oh, and then one other thing I, w- I do want to say. Mm-hmm. The more fatalities is not the better. They did they did have the a decent amount of fatalities, which I think was good. And I do have to say, everybody in this movie, that every character they played, it w- did not come across cheesy at all. Like, I did not feel like there was a lot of cheese. No, and the the thing that I was, I was happy with was Kano at the start, who actually was good comic relief, and but he wasn't cringy comic relief. Like there's there's uh they've definitely like I I say this about Justice League and the Flash. The Flash came off as cringy more than he came off as funny to me, 
and that was like a huge uh, criticism I had of the movie, and it kind of put me off on the character. But I did not have that issue with Kano. I thought he was, I thought he that he played it perfect, and I thought he was uh, the character was funny. And uh, no, I was actually really happy with the amount of comic relief they managed to fit into the movie. Yeah, and I, I do have to say one more thing about the the Kano thing. We all knew Kano was going to go bad. Um, and I don't think he's dead. I don't think anyone's dead. I, 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 I honestly, I, I think most people are, are that are, that were killed are dead. But to be honest, I don't, I don't think Kano's dead. I don't think, I, I think they bring back Goro. I think they bring back Sub-Zero. I think they bring back Kung Lao. I think that they'll come up with their way to bring them back. And, and uh, I think you can do everyone that. Else can be, everyone else can fuck off. Like uh, they'll they'll be the they'll they're bringing new filler characters there. Yeah, I I, I think you you can afford to reintroduce them in not big roles but minor ones. Like I said, you can make Kung Lao a revenant. You can you know Goro a revenant or whatever. Melina, you can patch back up because I I do have to say I do I did want to see the Katana Molina relationship being that Molina's a uh, busted up clone of Katana and I do want to see the um, Johnny Cage Kano back and forth because they're both comic relief so they have options they just got to execute it right in the hopeful sequel that happens Plenty of options, but you you know, getting back to it, it was a good movie. I recommend it. If you're a Mortal Kombat fan, go see it. See it however way you want, but I do recommend seeing it in the theater, as I do all movies, pretty much. Um, it gets a see it from me. 